We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. I'm jumping in to invite you to my free on-demand workshop plus workout called Strong in 20. It is a complete full body and pelvic floor fitness solution for busy moms and parents. So if that is you, head to the link in today's show note to get your immediate access to the Strong in 20 class. I'm going to teach you how to implement this Strong in 20 plan into your own life immediately. I'm going to give you two really important exercise and body image mindset tips that I want you to take into the workout. And then I lead you through a comprehensive full body core and pelvic floor 20 minute strength training workout. You're going to want resistance bands and a set of dumbbells to take into the workout with you. So if you have that at home, or if you want to take the workout plan and do it with you at the gym, that fits too. And most importantly, in the Strong and 20 workshop, I really want you to experience what it's like to approach exercise from an entirely non-diet mindset. So please show up to the Strong and 20 workout in your body exactly as, as it is with no pressure to change it or for it to need to be different. Okay, friends. An intense workout schedule just may simply not be working for you at this time in your life through pregnancy, postpartum, parenthood. So the Strong in 20 workout and mindset principles are going to help you see how you can sustainably move in your real life right now. Head to the link in today's show notes and you're going to get access immediately once you download it. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Today on the show, we're talking about exercising with pelvic organ prolapse, which is something that Anita and I both help many people work through who are in my space, which is fitness coaching and Anita's, which is physiotherapy. So we're going to give you some things to consider today. If you are someone who has pelvic organ prolapse, one or multiple and exercise is something you want to be engaging in, we'll give you some things to consider to make this hopefully a more comfortable experience physically, mentally, and emotionally, which are all important keys to the puzzle with this whole convo. All right. So first up, Anita, tell me if this is the same for you, but with my fitness coaching clients, either in pregnancy or postpartum who are working with prolapse, we often start by 
conversations about prolapse and just reworking their thoughts and beliefs about the prolapse themselves, because that tends to be the necessary jumping off point to actually helping exercise feel better for them in their bodies and minds. If we don't address the actual biases, the stories, the beliefs about prolapse, then I don't really know where I'm trying to take them in this journey. And they don't really know how to feel about some of the improvements or the symptoms that they might be experiencing. Totally agree. We're on the same page with that. I agree. It's, it's key to go through, you know, I'll ask them like, what have you heard about it? Or what did you Google? Or, you know, we need to start there to be able to kind of peel away like the layers of the onion when it comes down to what are their thoughts and beliefs around it. Cause I agree that will totally affect their symptoms, how they move their hopefulness in towards changing their symptoms. That's always where we need to start. Because pelvic organ prolapse is not only a physical thing in the body. It's not only a physical experiencing that someone might be having. It can be psychological and really emotional based as well. So yeah, like you're saying, have they accessed, have they been able to access information about prolapse that is rooted in science, that is evidence-based, that they have heard from a fitness or health professional like you or I, or has it all been on the internet from Dr. Google and seeing pictures and maybe some more information that feels really scary or not hopeful or just is not up to date, not current information. There's a really big difference in what we might've thought about prolapse and exercise 10 years ago and what we're now understanding about it. All right. So then the second big thing is to reconsider your relationship to symptoms and sensations that you might be having with your prolapse. And this could be stuff that is actually happening during exercise sessions or might be happening after immediately after or in the days to come after exercise. So this is something that we talk about so often with our clients and patients is Symptoms and sensations are going to occur, not that they may occur, but for most people, it is probably going to be a thing that's going to happen that you might feel your prolapse, you might feel the individual symptoms of your prolapse, which could be different for everyone. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it is bad or wrong or that you're making things worse. So we look at symptoms and sensations as information and good to know. And then what do we, not necessarily only what do we do with them, but what do we also think about them? Exactly. And I think, you know, going back to this idea of the stage of the prolapse and symptoms with prolapse don't necessarily go together. Someone could have prolapse and have no sensations and no awareness that it exists. And then there's also individuals who have, you know, like a grade one and hearing their symptoms, it feels to them as if it's a grade three. And it's one of those things where we're always validating what they're feeling. And then also balancing that out with like getting them to, you know, move towards where they want to go with exercise and movement. And 
it's just incredible. I find Jess, eh? working with clients who are, especially I find the biggest things are running and jumping. Those are two big things when it comes to prolapse that people are either told or through Google that they will never get to do again because they're experiencing prolapse. So to see people who like get back to that and feel incredible is, is amazing. And it comes back down to this of like going through those symptoms, sensations, testing, retesting when it comes to, you know, exercise that they're doing so that they can use that as information. Mm -hmm. And if you too are a fitness or health professional working with clients who have prolapse, it's so important for us as the pro or the practitioner to, uh, to know this and to be able to communicate this to our clients, whether it's in one-on-one or group sessions. And it's so key that we as the professional don't make them or don't project maybe our fear or our nervousness onto the client, onto the person with prolapse. And that means such as talking about symptoms and sensations in a calm manner. It means really communicating our belief in them and our belief and trust in that person's body. It means making modifications and adjustments when they might be having symptoms and sensations, not just immediately telling them, okay, you can never do this exercise again. We're taking this out of your program. So there's so many things as the professional that we need to get a handle on ourselves to help that person along in their journey, their understanding around their symptoms too. I think too, when it comes to symptoms, you know, speaking from a pelvic health physio perspective that, you know, we can do internal assessments. I think a big part in our role is hearing the client and when it comes to assessment, make sure they understand kind of what is going on with their body. So, because I find so many people I see, they're like, I feel this bulge or I feel this happening, but like I went to, you know, another health professional who, you know, just assessed me lying down and they said, it's fine, but like, I know it doesn't feel fine to me. And so, you know, asking them more, when do they notice this? So if you can assess them in whatever positions they're symptomatic that in itself, I find gives them so much more kind of empowerment when it comes to changing their thoughts around prolapse. Cause I think most people just want to know and just get validation for what they're actually feeling. Yeah. And that's such a important point just in a larger coaching conversation too, is to just to validate and to hear and to recognize what our clients are telling us about their experiences in their bodies. And I find that that's so important with prolapse and exercise. And this leads me into what I was going to say next about symptoms are about so much more than only exercise. So I think that people get really nervous about exercising with prolapse and making things again, quote unquote, worse or ramping up their symptoms. But there's so many factors that influence how we feel in our bodies in general. There's so many factors that influence how people feel with their prolapses at certain times. I know for me, I personal experience happening right now, last week we were 
out of our regular routine. We were in Florida with my family. And before we left, I was having a ton of pelvic floor tension-y symptoms. And during the week we were gone, I had none. And then the first couple of days after we got back, I had tons again, and now it's settled down, but it just, it's, it just never ceases to amaze me how life, stress, sleep, nervous system regulation, all of the things that we're experiencing are in our lives as humans, they will impact how you feel in your body. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I'm glad you brought that up about tension because This is also a discussion in general about pain or any pelvic floor symptoms, leaking pee as well with prolapse is that there's so many factors and stress plays such a massive role. And I think also when we educate clients on that, they're like, that makes so much sense. And then when we go back, like if someone has symptoms come up and we're going through, did anything change with their physical activity? No, like all these different things didn't change, but they had quite a stressful personal experience or just in general, what's going on right now in the world is very heavy. So it's one of those things where recognizing that when we go through periods of stressful times, that that can totally impact our symptoms, recognizing it first, and then also knowing, okay, what can I do to potentially change those symptoms if that's an option. Yes. And this is something that I know we both do with our clients and what you, I forget exactly what you call this, but building like a symptoms care plan or when symptoms come up, this is the thing. These are the things I know I can do to help myself. Yeah. Like a flare up plan. Like I just say, why not go there? Like you said, initially in the episode, like symptoms can fluctuate in anything, any type of symptoms that we're experiencing, especially, you know, like pain. It's so commonly talked about with back pain. People have experienced it for years and years. You can have flare-ups for various reasons. So let's have a plan in place for kind of when that happens, what can we do to help manage what we're feeling? And then also I find things tend to change quicker each time. It kind of depends on a lot of factors, but I find every time you experience that and then you go, you have your go-to plan, oftentimes we can get back to feeling more like we were previously faster kind of each time that happens. Yeah, it's so true. And I see that with my clients all the time and over time, how it can change for them. All right. So let's talk about then specifically while exercising, What can we do other than talking about our relationship to the prolapse, our relationship to the symptoms and sensation? What do we actually do during exercise to help ourselves along? So the first thing to know is that there are no generalized safe and unsafe lists when it comes to exercises or activities. And this is the stuff that you probably will see on the internet, although this is changing so much because there are so many excellent fitness and health pros talking about exercise and prolapse in really responsible current ways. But you might see things that say, don't run, don't jump, don't lift heavy, just lie down, go swimming, do some walking. Don't lift your baby. Don't forget that one, Jess. Don't lift anything heavier than 10 pounds, right? Yeah. Yes. So don't lift your kids. Don't push a stroller. Don't do anything that you actually need to do in your real life, essentially. 
And it's all just, it's all trash. You can throw it all out the window. It's probably just making you actually feel worse in your body and with your prolapse. So we have clients that are sprinting, running, barbell back squatting, heavy deadlifting, chin-ups, pull-ups, doing all the things they want to be able to do with prolapse. And they are feeling really good in them. And that is ultimately the goal for the folks that we work with is to listen to them, find out what are the things you want to be able to do. And then we guide them to being able to do those things or getting back to versions of those things that are feeling good. So know that this is a process and can be a journey and it's absolutely something that can be possible for many, many people. And I think to go along with that, if you you are working with a professional health or fitness professional, like the goal should always be that you're then given strategies and tools to be able to continue managing how you're feeling so that you can then adapt that if like you want to try a new activity or, you know, something changes within your life that you're able to use what you've learned to then adapt to that. That really should always be the goal. I'm always excited when clients are like, I think I got it from here. Like, I am good. I am back doing what I came to see you for. Like, I am running my 5K. I am lifting my weights. I feel good. And I know that I can always come back and check in as needed, but I feel like I have like all these strategies to like go forward, which is always so exciting to see. Yeah, that's so cool. I love to hear that. Some specifics when you maybe are first getting started on this journey with exercise and prolapse that you might want to be thinking about. First up, breathing, something that we talk about a lot, not necessarily breathing in one specific way, but are there ways of breathing during your exercises or during the movement that you're doing that actually do feel better than others? They help you feel maybe more relaxed in the body. They help you feel like you can generate more tension and strength in the body. They help your symptoms feel lessened, reduced. So a breathing strategy, for example, that might work is you're exhaling on the hard part of the movement. For someone else, it might be inhaling on the hard part of the movement. For other people, maybe breath holding feels awful. And for some, maybe a breath hold feels really good. For our coaching purposes, what we're trying to do is first find a breathing strategy in the movement, in the exercise, that feels really good. And then progressing to finding multiple breathing strategies that also now feel really good. So not only are we just sticking with one breathing strategy in all the ways forever, but we're just trying to find some variety because that will help you along in the rest of your life too. Uh, No, I think that's super helpful. Like have something to start with and then vary it up because like we talk about all the time, especially when we're talking about like postpartum motherhood is full of really awkward movements, lifting, carrying all those things that we need to have that variation in how we're breathing and how we're moving. And it comes back with prolapse too, that you want to have that in there. Absolutely. And that takes us into a second point that we wanted to mention, which was 
body position while exercising. So a thing we love to do for our people is helping them find exercise or movement positions that they feel really comfortable in that might be go-tos for them that they know. I feel good and confident and trust my body here. And I know this is a thing that generally doesn't lead to me feeling any kind of way that I don't want to feel. And then we're slowly leaning into and building comfort in ones that maybe they didn't feel quite confident in two weeks ago, two months ago, a year ago. How can we start to add these in, in ways that are helping you to feel well and good about them? So again, we're not just going to keep you in that one singular body position that feels good forever and ever. We're going to celebrate that position, that exercise, and then we're going to try to layer on additionally. And then another key point here is progressively loading. So if running is a thing that you right now are like, yeah, this feels like garbage. I get symptoms during and after this. We're not going to say to you, you know what? Just think differently about it. Just tell yourself it's going to be fine. You're not going to have symptoms after this next 5k run. No, we're going to find ways that help you to progressively load back to that run that help you to progressively load to that barbell deadlift. So we have to find ways that help you to build safety and trust in your body, but also within your nervous system with this, what we talk about as successful exposure to the thing and successful can mean all sorts of different things. Not only that you didn't get symptoms, but maybe that you actually did get symptoms and sensations but then you went to your flare up plan afterwards and you were able to bring yourself down from it. That to me is very successful. I love to see that. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. It's like, again, it's giving you information of maybe whatever that day was like potentially went past the threshold of what your body felt it could do that day. Maybe it was fatigue, you know, so many different things, right? And then exactly going back to that flare-up plan so that you can calm your symptoms. And then that's going to give you information of what to test out next, next time. Absolutely. And then the last thing to mention here that we've already talked about, but just reiterating is that you will likely need to adjust to your life and to the world around us. So some days, some weeks, some months will feel really great. And other times doing the same stuff, the same exercises, the same activities, they maybe won't feel so great. And it's probably not about the actual movement or the workout. It might be just that there's other stuff happening. Like your kids are sick. There is really terrifying things happening in the world. And you're taking that information in you have more stress. Sleep is really tough right now. All of these things absolutely will impact how you feel in your body. So again, just know that prolapse is just about so much more than the actual physical thing that is happening to your pelvic organ. There's just a ton of other stuff to consider here.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 